<laughs> that was not Chad Millman, but a better version of Chad Millman's voice. I'm Blackjack Fletcher, and joining me today, as always on Thursday, is my favorite human being on this planet, former four-time Major League Baseball All-Star and legendary human being, Paul LaDuca. Pauly, how you doing? Um, <laughs> you I got survived eight days in Vegas with you. That's how I feel. Um, I've heard you mention that a couple times. I'm a little disappointed in you. I consider you my best friend now. Um, we are best friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want to go do karate in the garage? Um, yeah, let's do some activities. Although we did see Hollow Notes. Um, we may be sleeping in bunk beds in a few weeks. So That is true. The way things are going right now. Um, uh, it was a, a great trip to Vegas. It really was. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I, you know what? I miss you already. I miss you too. I miss you too. So let's, let's tell people a little bit about our excursion to Las Vegas. We were out there for eight days uh, to cover the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. What, uh, what are some of the more memorable moments from the trip, Paul? Well, there wasn't much. <laughs> um, memorable about it. <laughs> any memories about it I mean actually the games were okay I mean I didn't do bad on the games didn't play much on the tables the horses which just wasn't uh, clicking most of the time or for the at least the beginning of it. it it was hard to get horse bets in too because everybody was concentrating on you know obviously the, the basketball games um, but we had a great setup at the Westgate I got to give them a big yep big shout out man they gave us an awesome Thanks place to, to watch the, the games yeah um, and maybe any fun. memorable experiences with co-workers or meals or anything like that yeah like I, I don't know how you operate but when you know like let me ask you a quick question when you ask somebody out to eat what's the protocol um generally if you're extending the invitation i think you are um buying me a meal okay so our Fearless leader Darren Rovell, he's a leader of nothing. First, well, of all. he works. He works his tail off. I'll give him that. He, he's you in mean there. he tweets his tail off? Well, he does. I mean, and Instagram's he, like a thirteen-year-old girl. Well, true. I mean, sellout's not even the word when it comes to his Instagram. <laughs> okay, so oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> I have never in my lifetime. This might be our I, last. Here's podcast. the thing: I, I've played credit card roulette. <laughs> With, with with big league players on a $7,000 bill where you put seven credit cards in and hoping your credit card does not get pulled out. And so I've played some games like that where guys and this and that, but I've never played a game when a guy invites me to dinner, okay? He invited myself, you, and Jeff to dinner. Not only does he invite us to dinner, he picks the spot. So there goes the $15 Uber ride. It was actually a 30-something dollar cab ride. Okay. Okay, let's add it on. Then we get there. Now, by the way, Ravel, Fletcher, and Schwartz, and we're in an Italian restaurant. Who should be ordering? Maybe the La Duca. Italian guy. La Duca. The 100% Italian guy. Do you want my 23andMe kit? <laughs> so not only does that happen, Ravel proceeds to go, let me order. Whoa, 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 wait, wait a second. Okay. Okay. He, he asked well, if he could order The guy invited us. Yeah. guy invited Said us. Said he knew the chef. See, so he knew the chef personally. They got phenomenal pasta. You're going to love it. Um, I actually like to order my own fucking food. And I, that's where I come from. 
Okay, so this I go is along definitely with it. our last podcast. <laughs> I I get it. I get it. I go along with it. We eat all this Italian food. The bill comes. It's three hundred and some odd dollars. So now I've gone to a restaurant I didn't want to go to. I've eaten food that I don't want to eat. And the bill comes and he goes, hey, I'll cover 200 of it. Can you guys cover the other 120? I don't think I've ever paid for a meal where I got invited and <laughs> ate the food that the guy asked me to fucking eat. And here's the best part about it. I wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and I basically call Blackjack and me and Blackjack are both got our faces in a toilet throwing up all we ate that night. True story. I thought I was having like appendicitis. It was, it was a very painful experience. It was food poisoning. I think Ravel poisoned us intentionally so we would be off our game for the live show the next day and he could shine. And then he took the $120 and he made us two giant $50 bets. <laughs> so that was our time in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> um all right so let's move on we'll get to a little bit more of that later on um Polly, we've got we got the sweet 16 coming up yes uh great games <laughs> any <laughs> you okay blackjack <laughs> i can't believe loduca loduca with the space traces <laughs> all the way back to sicily just wondering with the space <laughs> Oh, all right. So the Sweet 16, are there any games tonight, Paulie, that particularly have your interest? Well, obviously with opening day in baseball, we've got an interest um, in DeGrom and Scherzer. Paulie, uh, we're talking the NCAA tournament right now. I know, but it's like, you know, <laughs> we're in my wheelhouse when it comes to baseball. But uh, you listen, the NCAA tourney, um, it's what I sort of thought. Obviously, it's been very chalky, which we thought going in, right? Yep. Um, I like Oregon. I do. The way they're playing, and Virginia can go in stretches. I get it. it, it the under and over in the game, I think it's like 118 or something in that area. Um, but just eight and a half points at this level is just a lot of points. And Dana Altman is so good. And it comes down to coaching now that they've had you know, some time off. And I also think Florida State. Now, I know Gonzaga can score, but if Florida State's, they're very big. And very mm-hmm. tall, and if they can establish inside early, I think they can hang with Gonzaga as well. I think Florida State can. Uh, I would lean to them plus the seven and a half. The other one, I don't know. I still like Virginia. I think Virginia. You do. Just, what are you yeah. going to do with the Michigan game? That's a confusing. Texas game. Tech. I've got Texas Tech in the yeah. Final Four. I think they win the game outright. Um, Tennessee. I've got winning as well. Tennessee's just such a good shooting team from the floor. They, they are. shoot forty nine point seven percent from the floor. I mean, that's that's pretty tough to shut down. Um, what I like about Tennessee, we talked about that before, is that they don't need to win the game from the three-point line where right. a lot of other teams sort of do and get hot. Like in, you know, Tennessee can score inside and out. And you're right. They're very, very good. I mean, they let Iowa back in that game. I think I actually like that game under because I think Purdue is going to try to slow it down. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a good game. So then Friday, we've got LSU-Michigan State. Michigan State is six-and-a-half-point favorite. Auburn-UNC, UNC a five-point favorite. Virginia Tech-Duke, Duke by seven. And Houston and Kentucky, Kentucky a three-point favorite. And it looks like P.J. Washington will be back for Kentucky in that game. Paulie, start there. Houston and Kentucky, Kentucky a three-point favorite. What do you think? Love Kentucky. Me too. Love Kentucky. The Kelvin Samson's over with. 
to me, I, I always thought Houston was very, very good, but their size is now going to come into uh, focus when it comes into the Sweet 16. And now Washington coming back, I think it's going to be a slow grind game. And here's the thing. I, I get that Care, uh, Kelvin Sampson's a great coach, but when you give Calipari that much time to prepare, he's going to lock up Houston. And Houston goes in stretches where they have trouble scoring. So I, I really do like Kentucky. And I'll tell you right now, Virginia Tech is going to give Duke all they can handle. I mean, I think people are trying to say, oh, they escaped UCF and they escaped that tip. It's not over yet. I think a lot of people are starting to realize that Duke is now beatable. You know what I mean? And after that first game when they beat Kentucky by about 100, the first game of the season, everybody crowned them champion. Now, little by little, people are starting to crack into Duke, and UCF almost got it done with Zion yeah, Williamson. They, they can't and shoot I think, the three. I mean, you heard the UCF players on the court telling them, shoot it. Take shoot it. it. Take I mean, they it. wanted them to take threes. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what's going to happen. If you watch the UCF game, the guy did an unbelievable job. He sagged everybody inside and said, go ahead. You guys want to make 23-pointers? Go ahead. He did a great job. All right, what do you think about Auburn-UNC and LSU-Michigan State? See, here's the Auburn game is the trickiest game because Agreed. North Carolina gives up almost eight to nine threes a game. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the nation against the three, and that's what Auburn lives on. But here's the thing about Auburn. They can put up 100 points one night, 50 the next night. So I've understood, you know, I understand now why that total is completely risen. <sighs> I still think North Carolina wins the game, but this is a dangerous game for for Roy Williams because Auburn's one of those teams that can beat anybody in, in, in any given night. Agreed. That game and the LSU-Michigan State game to me are two tough ones. I think... What's would, the grind fest? Are you, you think LSU-Michigan State could be a grind fest? I do, and I think that I would take the points with LSU and Auburn in both of those games. I think that Michigan State wants to slow this thing down, play in the half court a lot. LSU, very athletic, very long. And if you remember in January and February, they were one of the hottest teams in the country, man. I mean, LSU was mm -hmm. really playing incredible. It's it's surprising they've made it to this point without their head coach, Will Wade, who's suspended. Um, at some point, you would think that's a factor, but maybe they're using it for motivation. I don't know. But I think they can cover six and a half. Yeah. Listen, they're big. They're tall. They play the game very well. Like. And another team that doesn't need to live and die by the three-point yep. shot. And I think that's key. All right. So, uh, Paulie, tell me now, tell the people here, who's winning the national title? Well, you know, I had picked my final four was the ACC matchup and the SEC matchup was Tennessee and Kentucky and then North, and then Duke against Florida State. I like Kentucky. I do. I think this is Calipari's best job that he's done. Um I think Washington winning those two games without PJ Washington, it, it, it was giant. Now throwing him back could be a little bit funky because he needs to get back in the mix and back in the flow. So if they can get through the first half of that game and he gets going and, and, and I just, I really feel like Kentucky has got what it takes to maybe go all the way. And, and the thing about it is if they face Duke, they're going to remember every single part of that first game of the season and i think duke will be for a rude awakening if they play each other yeah i mean I, I listen i like kentucky a lot ultimately i have virginia winning this thing but um i think the winner of that matchup i've got them both in the final four i think that's who your national champion mm -hmm. is um as you mentioned before paulie today is opening day in major league baseball any last minute future bets any bold predictions anything anything kind of out of left field we should know mm, i think aaron nola is going to win the Cy Young um, 
for the Phillies. He had the worst defense last year mm-hmm. um, in baseball. Now with with Hoskins moving, they come get Harper. He's going to get more run support. Um, obviously, he's the opening day starter um, this year. Um, he was seventeen and six last year. And Blackjack, what, what sold me on him was that he had only given up like four or five home runs. He gave up nine home runs in September on October, so he probably got a little bit tired. You know, the ball doesn't sink as much um, during the during the summer, and that's what he lives on, his power sinker. But what I saw in the All-Star game, he chewed up some really good hitters, and with that ball club now, he's got a chance to win 20 games. So he would be my Cy Young prop, um, and I think that's a, a pretty good choice, although you're going to have to beat Scherzer and DeGrom. I get it, but I think that because that division is so tough um, – that, you know, maybe Scherz and DeGrom will beat each other up. Okay, okay, fair enough. Paulie, before we get back to the show, we need to talk about something that's very important to all of the ladies and gentlemen listening today, and that's erectile health. Men are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury that you faked with the Washington Nationals, a bad back, or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. I'm sure you've done that a few times But there are some things, Paul, you can't rub dirt on. And that is the case for erectile dysfunction. Studies show that 70% of men, including Chad Millman, who experience erectile dysfunction, don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman has created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door in Greenwich, Connecticut. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash favorites. Complete a dynamic online visit, chat with a doctor, and get genuine medication delivered to your door in discreet unmarked packaging guys go online just like chad did get checked by the doctor just like chad did and get your erectile dysfunction medication just like chad millman gets every single month with roman it is simple take care of it for a free online visit go to getroman.com slash favorites that's getroman.com slash favorites for a free online visit GetRoman.com slash favorites. Get Roman. Get hard. All right, so we're going to move on now to everyone's favorite time of the week. That's story time with Paul LaDuca. And because last week we were in Vegas and Chad was hosting, nerd, he didn't give Paul story time. We're going to do a double edition this week. So, Paul, I want to start with an opening day story. Tell us what is one of your standout memories of opening day? Well, standout memory opening day was in 2000. Um, I didn't make the team out of spring training. I was really, really upset. Uh, what you do is you travel with the team to um, um, the uh, subway series, not the subway series, the freeway series, and you play those three games against the Angels, and then you go. So I had broken camp, and boom, I get sent down. Well, the night before that, he got sent down, it was me, Kevin Elster, and um, one of the clubhouse guys, and we just got schnockered. I know I was getting s- sent down. I mean, we were in San Francisco opening day, and, I mean, literally we carried the clubhouse guy to the room, and I carried Elster to his room. 
Okay. So I get basically next morning I'm on a flight. I got to meet the team, I think in Oklahoma city where it was in 2000. Um, uh, they had already started this or they usually in the minor leagues, you start your season like mm, four or five days later, somewhere in that area. So you have a little time. And so I get to Oklahoma city and, um, um, start and I turn on the game and Jose Offerman scratches. So Elster's playing shortstop. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I basically carried him to his room. Well, he proceeded to hit three home runs that day. Just totally hungover. Completely hungover. And then after the game, since he knew he was going to play the next game, he called me and goes, you need to come back. I'm like, bro, I just landed in Oklahoma City. He's like, we got to do the exact same thing we did last night. So wait, did you actually go back to LA? No, I couldn't go back. I, mean, I, mean, <laughs> I, I had to play like in two days in Oklahoma City. Like, it, but that's that's like crazy story because Offerman. I forget what happened to Offerman. He got hit either by a line drive in batting practice, and like Elster wasn't gonna play. He was just basically on the roster to be a, a defensive guy because he had some of the best hands I ever saw. If it was if it was hit at Kevin Elster, you were out. So. He was a defensive guy. Then he goes deep three times. So sometimes, sometimes it's it's good to go up there, a little loose with no thoughts. Yep. All right. So our second story is going to be amusing and heartwarming at the same time. Yeah. Um, it involves Paul's uh, saint of a mother. Uh, why don't you go ahead and start out by by telling us that story, Paul? Well, a lot of people always look at me and obviously listen to me and think um, I'm a nut job. <laughs> well, that's true. This is partly true. Um, but one lady in my life kept me grounded and that was my mother. Um, sadly, she passed away in 1997. And when I graduated in 1993, when I went to Arizona State, you know, in 1994, I went to the Cal League and my mom fainted um, at a restaurant and sort of went to the doctor the next day and my mom and my dad basically had hidden that my mother had cancer. So let's fast forward to 1997. You know, I'm going up and down in the minor leagues. They just made me a catcher, basically told me they were going to release me. 1997 is my big break. They asked me to go to the fall league because I'm basically living in Arizona. Well, I'm basically taking care of my mom, too, because she's passing away of cancer. So I went to the doctor that, that night, and I said, listen, you know, you know, how much longer does my mom have with chemo or without chemo because she didn't want to do it anymore, and he wouldn't tell me. So, of course, just like I do in umpire's faces, I got in, into the doctor's face, and I said, listen, she doesn't want to do chemo anymore. Just please tell me. And... um she basically just said, he basically said, she's got two months to live. If she takes chemo, maybe six to eight. So I told her straight out. And so she says, you know what? I want to leave. So we left the hospital um, and then we got in the hospice. So we're sitting there in hospice and I called the Dodgers and I said, listen, um, I'm going to, you know, I can't play this, the fall league. Um, and this and that. And my mom interrupted me while I was on the phone and goes, hang up the phone. And I go, Mr. Blaney, who was Charlie Blaney, who was head of the Marlies, I said, can I call you back? He said, yes, Paul. And my mom 
looked at me and says, you're going to go to my funeral and you're going to play the next day. Um, and it was like, uh, so surreal. I, I told her, I said, you gotta be kidding me. I can't play. Um, she said, this is your big break. Uh, you're going to the fall league with all these prospects. No one thinks you're a prospect. You're five foot eight. No one thinks you can make it to the big leagues. And I know you can, if I'm not there, I'll be up in the sky, but you need to go back and play. This is your opportunity. So I remember going to Davey Lopes, um, who was our manager, and he kept asking me, you okay, you okay? And I said, listen, I'm not okay, but my mom wants me to play. And my mom passed away about a week later, um, and I played. And I led the fall league in hitting that year, and then got put on the 40-man, and you know, two years later, I was in the big leagues because of her. And a lot of people wonder, you know, how selfless people can be. And I look back at my mother and how self selfish she was to say that to me. And I might not have ever made it to the big leagues. Baseball and sports can be ruthless. It could, I could have never shown, I showed them that I could play against the best with my mom basically helped me along, pushed me along. I still believe to this day, my mom, my mom led, led, led the league in hitting that year, not me. That's a, it's a beautiful story, Paul. Um, no, it is like, listen, she was if 1993. There's an article in sports illustrated. If anybody wants to go look at it, she taught me how to hit. She used to throw me white pinto beans, um, yeah. out in the yard. If a lot of people don't know that, I used to get people used to say that they had their kids hitting beans. She did whatever it took. She knew my batting. She was my hitting coach, so she knew what it took for me to get to the big leagues. And she just, I know every mother sees something in their son, but this was different. My mom was not a person that pushed people, but she pushed me because she knew I had a talent to hit a baseball. It's a hell of a story, and your mother sounds like she was a great lady. Um, so now do you want to hear? But yes, there's more to this, as there usually is Okay, with so Paul. now you're hearing about this wonderful lady. This saint of a woman. I mean, she's the best. Like, no exaggeration. Mm -hmm. When they say opposites attract, they do. My dad's the biggest crook in the world. <laughs> My mother, no exaggeration, church twice a week. If, if the lady swiped corn at 89 cents... And it was seventy nine cents. She would make the boy, the the check guy, go check. And I, and me and my brothers used to go. Please, mom, we'll give you the dime. Like you scarred me from going to the grocery store uh, for life. So so tell us how your mother impacted your baseball career in a different way. Okay. So now here I am, my first spring training. Tommy Lasorda goes, "Hey, Laduca, since you're the only Italian in here, you're the joke teller." what every morning we used to get together at spring training with tommy this was tommy's thing and you would go around and then you would introduce yourself and if you're a rookie you'd get peppered by by all the the older guys and this and that oh i heard you hit 240 here and they'd rip on you and it was just like a rip session a fun session so i got designated the joke guy i had to tell a joke every day in front of everybody in spring training so my mother comes home 
this saint of a woman and drops this joke on me and goes, why don't you drop this one? I said, okay. There's this man that looks into a paper and he sees an ad in the paper. 100,000 acres for $1. He's like, you got to be kidding me. This has got to be a misprint. Puts the paper down. Next day, same ad, even bigger. 100,000 acres, 75 cents. The guy's like, he dropped it down a quarter? What's going on here? I got to call this guy. So he calls the guy and he goes, um, sir? He goes, you can call me Charlie. My name's Mr. McClendon, but you can call me Charlie. He goes, okay, Charlie, um, 100,000 100, acres for 75 cents? Is that true? Guy goes, yeah, why don't you come out and check out the property? He goes, but there's a catch. And the guy goes, I knew. He goes, you have to marry my daughter. Well, the guy goes, well, I'm single. I'm in my mid-40s. Why not? So he goes and he drives. And while he's driving, he can see the acreage. It's just luxurious. It's beautiful. And he pulls up into this winding road this giant home and out comes the owner mr mcclendon hey how are you doing da -da 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 -da. can i see your daughter well the daughter comes walking out he's like oh no no i i can't he's like well that's the deal if you marry my daughter and he's like i can't so he gets in the car and he pulls off and as he's pulling off 25 acres are left. He's just looking at the acreage and then he sees this pond and he's like, oh my God. He goes, you know, screw this. He goes, I'll put a bag over her head while I'm fucking her. I'm turning around. So he turns around and he goes, deal. So about two months later, he buys and now he's going to build an extra barn. So, you know, he needs all these supplies and this and that. Well, they have it. So he tells his wife, his newly wife, hey, sweetheart, I'm going to build some lats up here. Can you um, um, give me the ladder? She goes, get the ladder, get the ladder, get the ladder, get the ladder, get the ladder. And she goes, get him the ladder. So he walks up the ladder. He's like, oh, sweetheart, I need some nails. She's like, get the nails, get the nails, get the nails, get the nails, get the nails. He goes, get some the nails. He goes, oh, gosh, this is the wrong hammer. Baby, can you go get me the hammer? She goes, get the hammer, get the hammer, get the hammer, get the hammer. So now he walks up the ladder, starts nailing away, nailing away, and he hits his thumb. He goes, fuck. She goes, get the bag, get the bag, get the bag. <laughs> I love you, mom. <laughs> And how did that joke play with Tommy Lasorda? And oh, my God. He, pee, he peed his pants. It, it was the worst thing ever because I brought out my best joke on the first day and I could never top it. Did, uh, didn't he just tell you to keep telling it? He did. He told me to keep telling it. But he, I, the funny part about it, he, I had to get my dad on the phone because he didn't believe my mom told it to me. And, and I remember my dad goes, yeah, my mother, my my wife was, you know, heard that joke, and like, my mom never cussed. She like, it was just when, when that came out of her mouth, it, it was. I never laughed so hard in my life. <laughs> uh. Oh Jesus, Polly.
You got to do what you got to do. Hey, when the manager tells you to step up, you got to step up with a good joke. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you did. You did just that. <laughs> I remember Brett Butler, who was very, very religious. He stared at me for a good 15 minutes. Oh, Brett did not enjoy. No. You know what I told him? Go lay your bunts down and hit 280. <laughs> wow it's ballsy for a rookie hey you have to do what you gotta do listen those guys were ruthless back then the millennials now don't even get it you used to, i remember when i got to the clubhouse eric carroll's telling me you keep your mouth shut to you're spoken to like you just don't like that was the bottom line you Unless sit in the back of the bus butter. You sit in the back of the plane, this, that, this, that. The stuff that goes on now, half these kids would get slapped. They would. Wow. They would. You don't even know how many guys got in my face when I was younger. Like, a lot of guys. I've seen guys get choked out on buses, stuff like that. Like, these kids are wimps. Do you ever, like, go and complain about it to your HR rep? Yeah, right? I remember all of our, my managers were like, you know what? Why don't you guys just go figure it out? And then a lot of guys that I played with, we used to figure it out outside of the clubhouse. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> you listen, if you're a leader and a guy is out there just going through the motions and you're affecting the way the rest of the team plays and affecting that young kid over there that might get sent down because you're playing like a jerk-off and you don't want to play, I have an issue with it. You know, and I don't care if you're out to five in the morning. I don't give a shit. Like what Kevin Elster did, I don't care. He had three home runs. So I don't I don't care who you are, what color you are, what you are. I want to win. And that's what a lot of people don't get now because all these kids are worried about their images and worried about what's going to happen life after baseball. Bro, you're making 40 million. Hit the fucking thing. I mean, Instead of worrying go. about Instagram and Twitter and worrying about being Darren Ravel, trying to get free shit. You, when you're making $43 million, <laughs> you don't need free shit. <laughs> well said. Well said. Thank you. All right. So, so Paulie, before we go again, we, you know, we spent, we spent a lot of time in Las Vegas over the last two weeks. I mean, I think you and I have spent like 11 of the last 14 days in Las Vegas. True. Um, any other any other stories you want to tell anyone? Maybe about the 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 night we went out with everyone from the Action Network. I'm sorry, like I like to dance. I might keep screaming. I know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so tell us tell us a little bit about that night. It was a fun night. It really was. It was great. It was just absolutely wondrous. I was up till four forty in the morning looking for a lost woman. Okay, you want yes. to go into a little bit more detail on that? I no, don't really, <laughs> don't really. I, I mean, like, had fun dancing on it Fremont was kind Street. Of a mess. It, it was a complete mess. I get it, but that's part of the lifestyle. Listen, if I'm gonna lose two to three thousand dollars, I'm gonna dance it off. Okay, you have a problem with it? So no. I was dancing it off. No. Okay, and. You know, dancing it off with a couple women by my side made it even better. And one woman decided to go to the airport. <laughs> she sure did. She did. While I was eating a quarter pounder. <laughs> it's also true. I mean, like, you can't even make it up. Blackjack and I are losing money 
Girls are going to the airports and we're eating at Denny's and, and McDonald's. That that did happen. That did happen. Yeah. I mean, it was like 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, but then you're downtown looking for her. And then when I went, I'm looking for her on the street. It's like... Yeah, we were calling kind of this person who, honestly, I barely knew what she looked like. You know what's funny is I wasn't really looking at her either. <laughs> her friend was way better looking. That's your girlfriend. Yes, exactly. But, hi, Maggie. Hi, Mags. Uh, <laughs> that's what complicated it all. It's because I'm looking for my girlfriend's best friend in Vegas. Where there's 80 million girls. Good luck. <laughs> I can't... Blackjack, I can't, like... I can't carry everybody. Paulie, I was there. I know. I was, you know? I was walking we, we, around with you looking. We just can't... I was there. We can't carry everybody. Like, you know, Sh Schwartz can. Schwartz can. <laughs> Physically, yes. Physically, yes. Physically, yes. Like Jeff, Jeff came out with us that night. That was his late night. He I'm promised a, I'm us a, one night. He gave us one night. Schwartz um, was great. And he was he great just, all weekend. He just loved watching you dance. It made him so happy. Oh, God, he loved it. He, he, he even said that, like, his wife is enamored with my dancing, but then I turned her off with one of my other dances. Yeah, yeah. The, the extreme crotch chop that you did <laughs> turned her off. Well, I mean, that's just, like, more of, like, uh, I can understand. It's more of a seduction. Listen, Huh? It's more of a seduction. Yeah, I'm just showing the the thrust power that I have. Like, you know how you know guys have like velocity when it leaves the bat? That's what I'm always trying to show. Uh, uh, Paulie's just showing his bat speed. I was showing my bat exactly my bat speed. All right. Um, well, I think this is a good time to wrap it up. Um, wrap the show up at least. Uh, um, <laughs> Well, that's Antonio in the background. <laughs> the oh. loudest laugh we got from him in a while. Wow. Antonio. Did they sing a song? Antonio. <laughs> I think that's Alejandro by Lady oh, Gaga. That's right. Alejandro. Yeah. By the way, for all the people that don't know out there, Matt Ford and Antonio in the background, they're the ones that are the real magic behind this podcast. That's right. That's right. Listen yeah. to this guy. Fucking yeah. trying to butter someone up at this company. What's going on with my mic? <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to The Favorites. <laughs> Make sure you download it on Apple Podcasts, radio.com, slash The Action Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, leave a five-star review. Um, you know, maybe we'll get someone reading those at some point again. Who the hell knows? Uh, <laughs> subscribe, rate, do all that good stuff. Thank you for listening. Uh, until next time, he's Paul LaDuca. I'm Blackjack Fletcher. We'll see you later.